I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) Welcome to Frank Film Club, the film club where anything goes and everyone's welcome. Frank Film Club, take one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's us, Frank Film Club. Thanks for keeping us on your feed. We are coming back with Series 3 really soon. We've been recording and we've got some great guests and some excellent films coming up. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. But in the meantime, we wanted to give you a nice little tasty bonus episode. And we are speaking today about Shiver Baby, which is an incredible indie film. Uh, We've also got the director, Emma Seligman, and the star of Shiver Baby, Rachel Sennett, who's going to join us a little bit later on in the episode. Um, But first of all... Girls, what have you been up to? What's new since we last released an episode? Well, we had our Christmas break, which was lovely. A little bit of time with the family. But I also feel like we did some New Year's resolutions at the end of the last series. So how have they been going? Mine, I forget what my serious one was, but I did say I was going to give up sugar, which I kind of have. (laughs) (laughs) And how's it going? And now I'm just craving sugar every day. <laughs> um, so I guess I stuck to it in a way. What was yours, Lowry? Mine was to watch films and, and TV programs without worrying how I was going to feel when I was watching them. Just watch it without worrying too much. And I, I've definitely done it. I've watched loads. And especially because we all watched a load of Sundance films together, which is great. What were some of your faves, gang? Definitely worst person in the world for me. Which I hear has been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Well, I didn't see that one, so I'm gutted. But I saw, well, we watched, we ploughed through quite a few, actually. And I liked Emergency. I thought that was amazing. Oh, yeah, that was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Emergency's real good. What about you, Maisie, for your New Year's resolution? Well, I have, my New Year's resolution was to um, just like be out in the world more and like go out more because I'm a bit of a hermit. (laughs) And I did. I went to London Film Festival on a school night and I watched a short film selection and it was brilliant. And I was a bit sleepy, but it was great. <laughs> and I'm glad to have done it. So. Oh my God, I'm so proud of us. Well, that's great. And the year is off to a bang. We're, we're all really busy on loads of different projects, film projects. So, um, But still squeezing in Frank Film Club. I'm really excited for the third series. Well, let's get down to the episode today. So today we're talking about Shiver Baby, which came out in 2020. It's directed by Emma Seligman and stars Rachel Senna. And this film um, is about a meeting in a shiver, which is a a Jewish celebration of life funeral and a meeting of two worlds when her sugar daddy comes to 
that event. And this film is just such a gem. You can watch it on Mubi and Amazon Prime. Um, so get watching. And we are so lucky to have Emma Seligman, the director, and Rachel Sennett, the star of the film, joining us towards the end of this episode to talk about the filmmaking process. Girls, what did you think? Other than having something to do with the shiver, I didn't really know what to expect from this film at all. And I think the poster made it look like her birthday. I thought she was holding cake for the longest and then I realised she's not at all holding cake. She's holding a bagel because she's at a shiver. (laughs) And other than that, I knew nothing what to expect. But actually loved it I loved it so much I was just thoroughly entertained it was brilliant yeah agreed same I only read the logline like a very short synopsis of the film and I think that in itself sells the film so well because it's such a niche or just an unheard of uh plot and then I was like I just hope that the film like lives up to what I imagine this could be and it didn't. So for context, the logline of the film is at a Jewish funeral service with her parents, a college student runs into a sugar daddy. So yeah, two meetings of worlds that, yeah, you don't really see too much in films or TV. Yeah, not at all. Well, should we dive in? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, like, with every twist, I think that it got more, like, the stakes got higher and higher because not only is she there with her family and she sees her sugar daddy, which, like, they could both just pretend it's all going to go away. But then his wife comes and his child and like that just lays on. And she's played by Diane Agron, who's like just beautiful. (laughs) And um, I thought it's all going to be fine. They're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. And then just kept get the pressure just kept building and building and building the way they've built tension in this film is like ridiculous. When you when you actually isolate the sounds that you're hearing, it's like like a horror yeah the music was like so interesting and just yeah carried you through that like pain (laughs) you get such an emotional reaction to this film I can imagine watching it in the cinema and hearing people go at the bracelet bit I was like having a heart attack it was too much just the way that it just like there's so many conversations that are happening at one time um and the way yeah I just I thought that that was like I thought that that was when the lid was gonna blow off but it was a little bit after that how did it keep going after that that's what I think yeah So I first watched this film um, probably four or five months ago and then we spoke about doing it on Film Club. And when I first watched it, I thought that it was um, a lockdown project because it all is in one place. I thought that was the reason why they did that. And I was like, God, isn't this a great example of like how to do a lockdown film? Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, it was recorded long before. Um, <laughs> Great job, guys. But um, no, it was, yeah, it was it was perfect. So I wanted to just uh, speak a little bit about the genesis of, of uh, Shiver Baby. Um, this is um, Emma's first feature. Her, it comes from a short film with the same title, Shiver Baby. And it was um, her NYU, I think it was her grad film for NYU, was Shiver Baby the short. Two years later, she managed to make it into a feature. And I just think, what, like, I, I'm, I work on quite a few things that are like proof of concept shorts that then are trying to get funding and trying to attach names to go into a feature. And this is just such a great example. I just think she's got like such an incredible style. Yeah, that is incredible that it's her first film. 
and and like all those aspects I just said before about it being like in the same place with the same people uh, throughout the film and it just grabs your attention. And now, so her and Rachel Sanner, who plays Danielle, the lead, they are writing something together. They've become like best mates, creative compadre. Um, and... Emma is directing, I think, a TV series that's called Sugar, which I don't know anything about, but it's called Sugar. So I'm like, is it a TV series about sugar babies? Which I'm so interested in. It is so interesting. And the fact that, like, her... So Danielle is a sugar baby. She doesn't... She's, like, privileged. Like, she doesn't need the money. But that's fine. Like, Like, it doesn't matter. Like, and there's no... She never has to justify why she's doing it. Because... It's no one's business, you know? There's there's a, a few moments in the film where you can see that she's, like, trying to have this persona of, like, being in charge and, like, having power over, like, the relationships that she... or the relationship that she's in. Like, you know when um, the first scene where she kisses him, how she, like, pulls away from him and then she's like, no, and then it's like... She gets a little bit... Like, she wants the control there and she does the same thing, obviously, when she goes into the bathroom with him. And that's what um, the director has said about it, is that... Because Emma knew girls in school when she was in NYU who were doing this. And, um, yeah, she talks a lot about, like, power and, like, empowerment and where the line is. When when people come from privilege, what, what are yeah. they doing it for? Like a sugar daddy, the power that they hold over, the, like, their sugar babies is always, like, money. And that's what they can always just, like, take away at any moment. So when you take that away from him then she's kind of in this strange position. I don't know anyone who's done it, but I, I'm not going to lie. When I, I didn't sign up or anything, but I saw... A, <laughs> you don't even need to preface that, Hannah. It's fine. <laughs> um, I, I went on, um, I think it's called Seeking Arrangements or something.com, just to like have a look what the process is yeah. to sign up. But basically, you just have to send them pictures. I mean, like... You can make so much money from it. I also, I feel like if we just, un, well, maybe if we unveil the curtain, it wouldn't happen anymore because part of it is that, like, I don't know, the shadiness that the guys like and then, you know, the secret to, like, you know, whatever. But it's a bloody good industry. <laughs> Not without some problems, a lot of problems, probably. But yeah, it's uh, make, make you money. <laughs> So, something else on the topic of um, sexuality in the film is the bisexual story that goes through. And I just thought that her and Nice, who plays Maya, um, their chemistry, there's so much behind, like, just the looks. It's unbelievable how they get so much across just from them being in each other's presence. It's like such a natural relationship for these two girls to have, but you just never, ever see people do this and nail it. And it's like, I would say that that is a lot down to directing because like if you can't create that chemistry and that vibe and that mood on set and it's just so magnetic to watch and and and, yeah it it takes a woman's touch I think and they she's just it's brilliant they're brilliant also the fact that uh, the fact that it was a queer relationship in the film and that wasn't a big thing that wasn't the story exactly um I, I, you don't see that very often or you don't see it often enough. I was absolutely howling because just, she's just so open about it as well when they talk about prom night and she's like gave her a false orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just thought that was so funny because I don't know, I don't know what I really thought about 
like Judaism as a religion. I but like whenever you think about religion, you think about like just like not being able to express yourself, especially when it comes to sexuality. Like that is quite a common thing. Like just within films, I guess. Like it's always the rep- repression, I guess, and how that links to religion. But this being linked to religion, and then like actually. like the there's like other types of ways that she's like under a lot of pressure or whatever but it was just I don't know it's just not what I expected and just really really entertaining yeah um Emma um the director has said um in an interview that I saw that she um she wanted the bisexuality in the film to be not about her making a choice like is it men is it women that never even crossed my mind in this film which is so good so well done Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. time for In In the the Club. Club. Now it's time for In the Club where we invite someone related to the film we're discussing to join us on Frank Film Club and give us the inside scoop. Today we have two very exciting guests, Emma Seligman and Rachel Sennett. Emma Seligman is a Canadian filmmaker and director and writer. She studied film at NYU and she made the short film Shiver Baby as a graduate film, which then went on to screen at South by Southwest in 2018. Emma then made the feature film Shiver Baby, which premiered at Toronto International Film Festival in 2020 and has done very well worldwide with Shiver Baby. Rachel Sanna is an American actress and comedian. Most recently, she has starred in Shiver Baby as the lead um, in ABC's Call Your Mother and appeared in HBO's High Maintenance. Emma and Rachel, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Frank Film Club. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to be here. Well, we we love the film, as um, as we've said. And let's start from the beginning. Where did the idea come from, Emma? Um, I wanted to make something simple for my thesis, like that I could actually make um, that could hopefully do me well after I left school. Um, and I think at the time, I just thought it would be really funny to like have a young woman's sex life and family life um, clash um, because I think at the time those were the two things that were giving the most anxiety as I was approaching graduation um, and I just thought it would be really funny if they you know a sugar a sugar baby ran into her sugar daddy at a shiva um, uh, at a, any family event but I think shivas are particularly funny because at least in my family like they they feel like any other family occasion and and the, the vibe hasn't changed even though someone's died so um yeah I don't know that's where the idea came from and then it sort of grew from there I just thought it was going to be a funny premise um in, in a sort of slapstick way and then it sort of grew over time and I feel like uh you know I tried to create all with it but at the beginning I thought it was just going to sort of be like a really awkward uncomfortable day situation and then when the short like transitioned into a feature like how did that 
happen? Was that kind of always your dream? Like, did you want something that could then transfer into like a longer form? Yeah, um, I think I tried to go into my senior year, you know, wanting to make something that could like have legs that could hopefully be transformed into a feature. So that was the goal. Um, And soon after I graduated, um, I asked two of my friends who are producers at film school if they would do it with me. And of course, you know, I already had Rachel's support and investment and, and you know, wanting to like read drafts of the script and be very supportive. Um, and it was really just like a trial by error process of, you know, trying to do it the tr- traditional way. There is no traditional way for independent film, but like trying to get production companies that we'd worked for and interned for to like, supported and come on board but they all just gave us advice um and we ended up basically after the course of like or through the course of two years raising money independently and just sort of like begging everybody we knew everyone that we had ever met or 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 who's met someone we've met um to give us money and we just sort of collected um you know quite a large handful of financiers for for you know within with small investments, small by like, you know, film standards. Um, uh, so that's how we did it, you know, in terms of on a technical level. Um, and that was where I feel like we all, including Rachel, like all pr- three producers, me, Rachel, like everyone we, we could get, like put most of our energy toward. Um, and then like the actual making of the movie came last. Um, so everything else felt very easy in those two years, like went through many drafts of the script and, um, you know, yeah, finding a wonderful, like, awesome group of mostly NYU people to, to do it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I, I kind of locked it out. I'm like, you know, we raised some money, like, having memories. Like, I would call Rachel every night crying, being like, we're not going to have the money because we were going ahead, casting it, viewing, like, the chicken and the egg when you're like, well, we're going to have to figure out a way to get the money because now we have died Akron. Um, and that would just make me more panicked, but in a good way, in a, in a motivating way that Rachel definitely like set the tone for. She was like, we're doing it. There's no way we're not doing it. <laughs> I feel like also at that time we would like tell people that we're making a movie and everyone would be like, of course. And what if you did it as a series of poems like (laughs) everyone just kind of was like maybe sure and I was like okay we really have to just be like we're doing this and then it's like to get like what you said chicken and the egg where it's like to get people to invest you have to be like we have a cast to get a cast you have to have money so it's just like at a certain point you have to like gaslight yourself and be like everything is fine (laughs) and then it's like the house is on fire you're like we're good and then doing that like pushes is everything comes together Rachel so how did you guys meet and how did you come on board with this project so I met Emma when I auditioned for her thesis film I basically spent like all of acting school not going to class and just doing like film students projects because like the acting school was like eat a raw onion while you say a poem um which I'm like, maybe one day that will come in use. Um, but I just felt like I got so much experience from like doing onset projects. And then like uh, just doing Emma's thesis was such a, di- a different experience from every other like thesis film I had done up to that point where I was like, she so clearly has 
a vision of what she wants. And like, I just remember just like the early way of the, the way she would like direct of like saying like, do you know that feeling when this or like, did they, and I would be like, Oh my God, girl. Yeah. And then, um, it was just like an amazing experience. And then after we wrapped the short, we went on this like walk around the neighborhood we were shooting in and just like told each other our goals. Um, and Emma just like knew what she wanted to do. And I felt like I felt the same way. And to meet someone like that, it was so, it was just like this instant connection. And I feel like, um, yeah, we, we started writing this other script together that, um, we're making now. Um, so it was just kind of like a natural process. So, um, so what is your, your relationship like collaboratively then? I think you mentioned there, Rachel, you write as well. Um, how did it start and how has it evolved and how do you sort of manage how you collaborate now? Rachel's just such a goal setter. Like, I feel like it is like very, you know, special that we connected as like work soulmates, but like, I don't know if I would have had the drive and the motivation to make Shiva Baby happen if I met Rachel, because she's just like such a hustler and like throughout school I didn't even know her until you know I until her last year or just before her last year but she was like she said skipping class and she was doing an open mic night every night or sometimes you were doing two a night and you made it you had your goals like literal goals and she she was here the other day with more goals like printed out like she always had them printed out in her backpack for one year and her three-year goals and her monthly goals and so she like was like by this time I don't want to be doing open mics every night by this time I want to be doing this you know um all to say that like so when we met up I was like, yeah, I'm going to write the feature of Shiva, but I don't know. And then we talked about other ideas and I sort of presented her the one other comedy idea I had. And um, the way that we work, Rachel's just so good at being like, she pulled out her planner and was like, all right, do do Wednesdays work for you? And then she was like, every Wednesday for the next four months, we're going to meet in the NYU basement. We write well and then the goal is for me to direct and for her to act in it. Um, not the goal, it is happening again. Um, but uh, I I think that like Rachel's very energy inducing and I am very like slow and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. For, like we balance each other out really well. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that Emma's so good at being like, we need to think this out and talk this out. And sometimes my mind is like, but what if it was just done today and like bad? And like, it's just that balance, I think, where it's like, and I think it's also like evolved over time where it's like, I like to think that we challenge each other in a way. Yeah, I I, I feel like we push each other in different ways. And like when we're working on an idea together, it's just so fun with shiva you did such an incredible job of of telling a feature length story within nearly just one location which is so mad and the tensions like run high and low like and uh, it's up and down all the time and i just wondered how you did that and like what your influences were for that um yeah because i think you did it really well (laughs) Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. I mean, it's not the first time it's been done before. Uh, So I, I really just watched movies that had been 
that took place in one day in one location or a few days in one location. And a lot of them were like family dramas. Um, and originally like my references for the movie were like all these like rom-coms and they had a lighter attitude, but I was finding that this romantic comedy vibe, like felt boring within this space. So I started watching more of those. Yeah. Like, like setting, uh, you know, uh, references and, um, Krisha is a movie that came out in 2014 that was also based off a short. Um, it's Trey Richelt's first film. He went on to make um, It Comes at Night and Waves. Um, and uh, that's a tense, like, like horror movie that's not a horror movie about um, an alcoholic who returns to her estranged family for Thanksgiving. And then just like finding like just really particular moments that were very anxiety inducing just to show to my DP I think it was like my DP and I that struggled the most to be like, how are we going to shoot this? And she kept coming to me with like, she came to me with great references too, but I, it was, it took a while to figure out. Um, you know, I sent Rachel actor references for her performance. Um, and those I didn't really employ in the, in the setting of it all. Um, but yeah, I also watched death at a funeral. It was, there was just, I was trying to, yeah, I tried to watch as much as I could with that sort of framework. What were some of the actor references that you sent Rachel? Um, Black Swan, which is like, I feel like that like horror of your own mind kind of where it's like, and the anxiety and the skin picking and that there was a lot there. Um, it felt like love. Honestly, it was so helpful. And I was like, that's something that even if someone doesn't give me references, I almost want to find them because it's kind of like little like elements that you can add in or like notes that you can take from other yeah. things. That's really valuable, I think. Um, yeah. And, I, and actually, I, I don't know, not really something that a lot of directors do. But <laughs> um, you guys are working together again on a new project. Um, what are some, you kind of mentioned like, speaking it into existence on your first project obviously like with the success of Shiver Baby like a lot of doors will be open now but like what are some of the lessons learned and some of the things that you like yeah you want to do differently and like you want to have ironed out I guess something that I hope that I do differently or, or get over but apparently it never does it's just imposter syndrome I think the first movie taught me to to not pretend when I don't know something to like to be okay with saying I don't know and not having to make a decision immediately and to take my time and to not like let everyone else get to me things. But I think that it's like what I've learned is that Rachel and I, we continue to say this, you only have yourself and each other. Like I feel like Rachel's an extension of me and I'm an extension of her. Like we're like sisters in this industry and it feels so special to have a person that, um, you know, comes in, into this industry with you at the same time both of us are outsiders like we don't come from industry families you know it, which is fine for anyone who does it's just like we don't have any familiarity so we're like learning everything at the same time we're constantly talking to each other as we learn really what this means when someone says this and 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 everything um so it's it's nice to remember that you just have yourself and, and each other and not to say that like not to make it like skeezy, but everyone else does have an agenda. Like everyone has their own agenda and this industry is so crazy and toxic sometimes. And that doesn't mean people who have their own agenda don't want to make your movie and don't want to help you and love you and are great people. 
Um, but you really just have yourself at the end of the day to manifest and to be like, it's happening as much as anyone else will tell you it's happening. Yeah, like communication totally where it's like, I, I even remember like working on this script for the first time where we were kind of like disagreed on something and we like couldn't say it out loud where we were like, that's interesting. And what if, and maybe, and now I feel like we're so, the these the last couple of drafts where it's like, we're cutting also for budget where it's like, I need that in there. It's like, we don't need the third version of the same joke that I am holding on to for dear life. Like, it's like, you need that kind of honesty. And I feel like that has been a beautiful thing. Like, I love growing into that. As an actor, like, I would, I feel like I've learned so much from Emma in terms of just like the other elements of what's going on and like how that can affect your acting, like even understanding like the way something is being shot or like what like the moment is supposed to feel like. And I feel like when we've been writing the script, like I can hear Emma say things where I'm like, this feels like that or like this is she says it a lot more specific than this feels like that. But like, do you know what I mean? Where it's like going in with more knowledge and then like bringing hopefully interesting choices from that um, and like trying to contribute in that way. In terms of like public, like privately funding something and then like the translation from that to like getting it distributed, like was there ever a worry where you were like, oh my God, we might have this movie, but will anyone ever see it and like yeah how did that kind of happen um I yeah i mean we had to like i think that we we just couldn't let that be a thought and when we were pitching it to people we were trying to get money from because even though it would be like someone's uncle's friend's uncle's friend who works at this company um we would still have to pitch um and we had to do all the sort of Oh, we we kind of did a version of like the distribution pitch ourselves where we were like, we have, we probably, we have a good chance of getting into this festival or this festival. It was South by your TIFF. Um, and this is the distribution rate out of that festival. Like this is how many movies are bought out of um, TIFF in the last year or South by in the last year. Um, so we sort of just pitched it with those odds. Um, and yeah, I think that I didn't have, I think all I hoped for was like an independent release, like the one that we got. Um, we ended up working with the same distributor that our producer, Lizzie, she produced a first feature a year before us um, for my friend Annie called Mickey and the Bear. And we watched, we were always a year behind them. And so we always were seeing when they were editing and when they were going to the festival and when they were distributing, when they were being released. So I feel like they were the model and we hoped that we had a lot of faith that that would be us. Um, but I will say when the pandemic started, because we were supposed to premiere at South by Southwest and that was one of the first world events to be canceled. Um, I, that was the first moment when I was like, we made a movie that no one's going to see. Um, and I was, I was kind of like zombied, like Rachel had as, as an actor, but also as just Rachel's personality. She was like um, reacting immediately and was like, this is unfair, whatever. And I was like, it's okay. I, I like to like delay things. It was actually terrifying. It was, it was, <laughs> you were like, are you okay? I was like, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway. That was the first, that, it was terrifying, but um, that was the only moment when I thought that. And then obviously like the industry 
independent and otherwise started to pick up and figure things out. But it was just such a weird time for many reasons. But in the context of this conversation and distribution, it really was like, what is, what, how can anything be done? And it was really interesting to see where the creativity was and how certain films did one thing and another film did another thing. And it's, it just, yeah, it, it was just, and look where we are now <laughs> with our, with our industry pivoting. It's been quite a journey. And I, I just want to say also that something that I just kind of remembered is that like, I think Emma, you always had like confidence and stay true to your vision because there were like moments I think in the beginning of the pandemic where I I don't remember like who but there was like something where it's like if your movie didn't get to come out you can like put it on here for free for day like just stuff where it was like you have to kind of like I just remember Emma being like that we're gonna figure it out and like do what we're gonna do the movie like justice or put it out in the way that um, we should. And I just feel like so, that's a really important thing of, I don't know, so back to like my flaw of being like, ah, like, it's like just being someone who's like, no, we're doing this. Like, I believe in the movie and like the vision is important too. And then it like happens as it's supposed to happen. Do you think that like now with these new projects, I'm guessing you don't have as as much freedom as as you might have with Shiver because like it was independently funded are you are you like having any problems actually I I say this to Rachel all the time I like pinch myself and and have to ground myself and and um remind myself how lucky I am because we um our our next movie has like a really I mean I guess Shiva was also specific but the next movie we're writing is a very campy specific tone and 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 very off the wall humor um and so i think that um the people working with us like understand what it is otherwise they wouldn't do it so far knock on wood i'm like wait till we get to sad and it's a whole new wardrobe and i'm like what's happening um but uh so far our studio orion um uh has been who's giving us the money has been so supportive and we don't have as much freedom in terms of like budget, but even still nothing has had to, they've always said like, you know, we'll keep trying to figure it out until we feel like it's being creatively compromised. And we did stop there. We were like, this is when, once we started getting to the changes where we were like, at this point, anything we change is going to change what this movie really is. Um, uh, they they under they understood and it it's a group it's a particularly like amazing studio that's been like rejudged and it's run by an incredible woman named Alana Mayo all these other young women um uh and they're just cool and supportive and like want to tell interesting weird stories um uh and that's like their company mandate so all to say in this iteration I don't feel that way and I keep trying to be like when is the like ball going to drop? Like when is, when is that going to be taken out of my hands and someone's going to be like, you have no control. Um, but that's a long winded way of saying, I feel very lucky at this moment in time, because I have obviously heard, you know, from many other first time filmmakers that go to their second movie where it's not independently funded, um, that that's not the same story for them. I wonder if you could tell us anything about your new film. <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like Rachel and I are always blabbing and we're like, is this a secret? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I know. I, someone, I got a script the other day where it was like, you have to like call on the phone to be on the email to get. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> I feel like we're like DMing this to people. Like we're not, but like, do you know what I mean? In comparison to like the intense, whatever. Um, I mean, we already have the line, the whatever. There was the a press line. release. <laughs> it was a press release. <laughs> it's a very different tone than Shiva Baby, I'll say. Like, it's uh, very, like, campy. Um, Basically about these girls who start a fight club at their high school to try to, like, win over cheerleaders from football players and, and lose their virginities. And it's all under the guise of this sort of like feminist self-empowerment thing, but they're just trying to have sex um, before they before they graduate. So it's like a it's like a queer girl's super bad with fighting. That sounds incredible. Thank you. That's really exciting. I'm excited to see that. Thanks guys. <laughs> it's really lovely, yeah, really lovely to meet you both. Thank you, this was awesome. Oh, that was so much fun. Thank you so much, Rachel and Emma for joining us. I feel all inspired girls, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so do I. So good. Let's do final thoughts. What did you think? Well, I think that it's like an incredible film. I think whenever there's just like an exciting new title that's new and different, it always comes from someone who it's their first time film or like just a completely new perspective. And um, meeting with Emma and Rachel and just hearing how much time and energy and love went into this movie, like... It's um it's incredible that it's had such a good payoff and I just think that everyone needs to go and watch it. It's a brilliant, brilliant movie and I can't wait to see what Emma does next. I'm so, Well, both of them. I completely agree. I feel like the film was incredible. I feel like even before I watched it, I just knew that it was going to be great because of the, because of the synopsis, basically. Um, and then hearing about how they actually made it is incredible. I feel so inspired by what they have done with that film and also what it sounds like they're now doing and like their drive to to keep going all the time even though they like didn't have any links into the industry. So, yeah. <laughs> what a great case study for people like trying to trying to make a feature. So good. Yeah. Agreed. I just think it was such a great conversation and that this film, especially now knowing about the filmmaking process and how they had to battle to get it made. I feel like we're in that stage for a lot of projects that we're working on right now. And it just feels so nice to speak to people who are just honest and open about what that journey is like. Because when you're in it, it feels like you're on your own and like everybody's getting stuff made and we just can't do it sometimes. So yeah, I love the film. Um, Such a great original idea. And I love knowing more about how other people collaborate so we can collaborate better too. Yeah, Yeah. agree. Fabulous episode. Nice. Well done, us. <laughs> so because you guys listened to this bonus episode, then we're going to give you a little bit of insight on some of the other movies that we're going to watch this series. A couple of favourite ones that I've picked. Um, really, really excited to chat about Sensor, spooky ooky kooky movie. Um, and then also classic Cruella, which came out last year. So go and get watching those um, in time for the upcoming episodes in a, in a couple of weeks' time. And I've chosen The Lost Daughter, which I'm really excited to chat about because it's Oscar... Well, Jesse Buckley's been nominated for an Oscar for Supporting Actress, which is amazing. Lost Daughter. And Another Round, which is one of my favourite films probably in the last few years. Can't wait to talk about that one. 
a lot of my films I haven't seen, but they've been ones that I've wanted to watch for ages. So one of them is What We Do in the Shadows, which I think could be really good fun, a good comedy in there. Um, and then another one, which is ridiculous that I haven't seen that everybody else probably has is Juno. So I'm really <gasps> excited to discuss that. Diablo Cody, a classic. Yeah. That's like independent film of the of the de- of the time of the 2007s <laughs> <laughs> yeah those plural 2007s fabulous yeah amazing well join us back here from the beginning of march we can't wait to have you and stay in touch on social media at frank film club speak to you soon bye 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 This podcast was presented by Wrapped.